3: Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel.
1: Today on the Indo-Daily, is there trouble ahead for the EU as France threatens to go far-right Eurosceptic? French voters will decide in a fortnight whether to go pro- or anti-EU in their presidential election.
2: How long can a political system last, even though it's not elected and is working against the will of the people it's trying to rule?
3: We are a European nation and proud to be one. We are no one's vassal. We pursue politics and diplomacy that are independent.
0: The centrist leader promised more jobs, tax cuts, and to continue with his pro-EU agenda.
1: The choice is between incumbent centrist Emmanuel Macron and restyled far-right traditionalist Marine Le Pen. I predict what is to come will be vicious.
0: Well, it would be a brave person to predict the election result at this stage, but I think it's Emmanuel Macron's to lose at this stage.
1: I'm Fianon Sheehan, and to assess the two candidates and what their election will mean for us, I'm joined by Catherine Field, freelance journalist based in Paris, and John Downing, political correspondent with the Irish Independent. Catherine Field in Paris, uh, bonjour ce matin. What exactly has happened and is the fallout from the result of the first round of the French presidential election?
0: Well, what we've seen is Emmanuel Macron, that centrist candidate, getting the the... the big enough share of that first round vote to go into the second round with a bit of a bit of a wind in his sails. You know, he'd been criticised right through the first round of the campaign for failing to get out and whip up the voters. You know, he only held five campaign events, which for a presidential vote is virtually not showing up. So there were fears that he wouldn't do this. So a lot of relief in the Macron camp, uh, but also a realisation that he's got to get out onto the stump now over the next two weeks and connect with voters. For Marine Le Pen, Again, she gets into the second round, uh, but it won't have gone unnoticed that her rival on the populist far left was pretty much nipping at her heels. It was less than a million votes behind her when the final tally was was put in. So not good for her, not as well as she expected, and she's got a long road to go because, once again, all the other parties that lost out in the whole poll, they've come out and said, look, we've got to stop Marine Le Pen from getting to the presidency. And they've come up with this, what they call a Republican wall. You've got to vote for whoever is standing against Marine Le Pen, because she cannot get to the levers of power. John, will,
1: will you just explain uh, how does the French presidential election work? It's, it's different to what we're used to in observing U.S. presidential politics, for example.
3: Yeah, people are invited to vote twice on a given Sunday and a, a Sunday, a fortnight later. If somebody got more than 50 percent the first time, there wouldn't be a second round. That never happens. So basically, they take the top two and have a runoff. The Le Penists will fancy that it is game on for them. If they, it's all to play for. They will be, I think, hoping especially for some kind of catastrophe to befall the outgoing president.
1: Catherine, third time in a, a generation that we've had a a far right candidate called Le Pen on the on the ticket in the the second round presidential election. So, what? Uh, What is different this time about Marine Le Pen compared to her run on previous occasions and her father Jean-Marie before that?
0: Well, if you ask Marine Le Pen that, she'll say she's a different person. She's matured. When I interviewed her several months ago, she said that she was like a a wonderful French wine, that she'd matured. She was now ready for this job. She's evolved. She learns
2: from her mistakes. She's very human. We understand her when she speaks. I think this time the right person will win.
0: But in fact, all she's done is she's changed the wallpaper. She talks about being in touch with the voters. She talks about feeling their pain when it comes to the 20th of the month and there's no money left in the bank that they can't buy any food. And the idea of going on a holiday anywhere or a weekend away is just out of their financial reach. That's what she says, and in the last couple of years, she's tried even more to soften her image. By getting herself registered as a cat breeder, she's had photos taken of herself with these cats that she breeds in her home in the Paris suburbs. But of course, this is really just wallpaper. When you dig down and you look at her manifesto, it is exactly the same as that which her father put to the voters in 2002. And she put to the voters five years ago, which is essentially France first, French citizens first, a distinction whenever any official is making any decision that that preference has to go to a French-born French citizen. And that also means preference over naturalised French people. There would also be questions for her about paying into the EU whilst now she's stepped back from that Frexit that she talked about so much five years ago. And she's saying that they won't be advocating a move away from the EU. She has been talking about not contributing financially to the EU. So that's not going to go down very well with uh, farmers across France, of course. And the other big change she said that she would make to the constitution in France was that the EU flag would not be allowed to be hung alongside the French flag in any official capacity.
1: And her her points on, on em- immigration, you've you've touched on there just in terms of the the constitutional change. Also looking at at a ban on on headscarves in in public places.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Headscarves in public places would be banned. There would also be a complete ban on any, for example, school trips where one of the big issues a couple of years ago that she managed to whip up was what do you do when some of these primary school kids are taken out on school trips and their mums come along uh, as you know, accompanying the group to make sure there's enough adults there? What do you do uh, when their mothers come along and are wearing the headscarf? Well, she says they wouldn't even be allowed out in public with those headscarves.
1: Yeah, so, so scratch beneath the surface and... National Rally isn't all that different really to, to National Front. Uh, John, is there nervousness at EU level of a possibility of, of Marine Le Pen getting elected here? And if so, what, what would it mean for the continent of
3: Europe? there certainly is nervousness it is feasible it looks uh by the way to, to keep a perspective the projections from uh, the surveys and things last night suggest that this is still president emmanuel macron's to lose that he would be in the mid 50s to her late uh, 40s so a spread of 7 8 points uh but the nerve, certainly nervousness in uh, in Brussels and insecurity, uh, huge insecurity, uh, an additional row. There are already a number of, of serious flashpoints. The idea of, uh, as Catherine said there, she has uh, pulled back from the idea of leaving the EU. How long has the European Union got?
2: In a democracy, it shouldn't last for more than two minutes.
3: She has pulled back from the idea of abandoning the single currency and restoring the French franc. None of those things ever very, uh, very realistic in the first place. But certainly, grave. unrest in Brussels at the idea of Paris talking about reducing their contributions, talking about fundamental reforms in structure, talking about the whole idea of EU law takes precedence across member states. And the idea of France as a founder member and a kingpin, uh, a linchpin of the entire structure. Challenging that principle is very, very big stuff indeed, as are things like um, uh, giving French companies uh, precedence to tender for public works. Again, another principle of the EU that there must be EU-wide tendering for big public works and so on. It's probably, we're probably looking at a row a day if Marine Le Pen gets to be president of France in two weeks' time. So it would be a bit like the Viktor Orban situation in Hungary, just
1: on a larger scale in terms of a, a an, an original member
3: and one of the two heavy hitters on, on, on the EU scale. That would be exactly it. And the EU has run really on the, the Paris-Bonn originally, then the Paris-Berlin axis and axis and. I think that that would be would be no more. Catherine what
1: uh, role has the the war the invasion of the Ukraine by Russia played uh, in this election and The pictures from the two respective candidates, both publicly and privately.
0: Originally, it played very much into the hands of Emmanuel Macron. And we saw his polling numbers go sky high uh, when he was right there talking to Gielinski talking to Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, we saw Emmanuel Macron projections at over 33%. So it was very much front and center for the voters, what was happening, because like everyone else, France could not believe that there was such type of land war happening in Europe. Now, so many years after the EU had come in and so many years after NATO, and everyone believed this sort of land war would never happen again. So, it played well for Emmanuel Macron. Once those pictures came in, which showed the absolute carnage that was going on, uh, it really did stay in the center of the campaign. But once we got sort of more several weeks into the campaign, it did move very quickly back to cost of living crisis. People were really talking about that all the time. And that, I think, is where Emmanuel Macron, perhaps his political antennae, just was not on the right frequency for a couple of weeks there because he was still going very heavily on the Ukraine, trying to find some sort of end to the fighting in Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. And it was just then when Marine Le Pen just nipped in and she was doing these little community visits and saying to people yes it is bad what's happening in Ukraine but let's look at your pace how are you getting on and it was those small community visits that she did that I think made the difference on the day
1: And Le Pen's own relationship with with Russia has also come under scrutiny. Do you, Catherine, do you think she's satisfactorily answered questions there and allayed people's concerns?
0: Absolutely not. No, it will stay there and it will be really at the forefront again in the next two weeks. That was what we were seeing last week was this... Some called it negative campaigning on the part of Emmanuel Macron. Some people called it being honest. But we kept seeing posters around by the Emmanuel Macron campaign of... Her alongside Putin. There is no reason to be scared, and this
2: for a simple reason. We have uh, France and Russia, a very old relationship, and historically a relationship based on friendship. And objectively, what is NATO protecting us against exactly? Against a military attack from Russia? (laughs) Just saying that brings a
0: smile to my face. It is still there, and with so much to play for. These are incredibly important elections. It's a time when you've got two camps who stand for very opposing views of France and its place in Europe and its place in this rules-based international family. I think in the next two weeks, you're going to see particularly the Macron campaign saying, look at how much money she owes to Vladimir Putin. Look how much money she's taken from him. Look at how many times she's gone and visited him. You're going to see that again and again in the next two weeks. Yeah,
1: because there are question marks then about where she has uh obtained her her final so what's her spin as such on this on these links to to russian money
0: She's perfectly honest about it. She, yes, she did take that money, but it was a long time ago.
1: Well, I'm sorry,
0: but I borrowed from a
2: Russian bank, but it might as well have been a bank from Guatemala or from Spain. The shame is that in France, French banks don't want to lend to the National Front because it's a the way they have found to try and stifle democracy.
0: Uh, she needed the money. It put her back uh, on the track so she could see another day. And in fact, when she was talking about it in one of her rallies, she said, Look, you can all understand me. I was down on my luck. I didn't have any money. We went and got some money. Yes, it was from Putin, but back then things were different. And she said, you you can relate to me because I've been down, I've been out, and that money got me back to where I am today, and I'm here standing up for you.
1: So at, at this point, uh, we're, John, we're, we're looking at a, an incumbent French president seeking to win for the first time in 20-odd in years. Uh, Macron has been very different, uh, to 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 say the least, to anything that has gone before him. Has he been deemed to be a success in the last five years, though?
3: Well, he was before on on the basis of if you look at at uh, things like growth and particularly post pandemic growth, the uh, unemployment rate had come down. He had certainly things going for for him. It was uh, a French version, I suppose, of of the the old uh, Bill Clinton, l'économie, stupide." But uh, he is he's the downside for him is he's seen as a pro EU elitist. President for the rich, uh, He's uh, seemed to have devoted far too much time to international diplomacy, the so-called role as Putin whisperer, which uh, on one level, he seemed to be getting some credit from the French public, even though he wasn't successful in talking down the invasion of Ukraine. But uh, it came back, as elections frequently do. In the dying days, it came back to bread and butter issues. Uh, serious Achilles heel in uh, the pension issue. He's, he talks about pension reform, a very diverse set, uh, set of French pensions pension systems but ultimately he wants to increase the retirement age from the current 62 to 65 and that is a flashpoint uh Marine Le Pen is talking about uh retirement at 60 and while i totally agree with Catherine her uh Marine Le Pen's policies did not change but the tone of her campaign was was Rather brilliant, to be very honest with it, uh, about it. She talked about uh, campaigning for for the forgotten ones. She talked about uh, rural isolation, which uh, rural heartland is very big. And all the research says uh, the far right support is strongest in places, you know, where they're furthest from a post office, where they're furthest from a railway station and so on what we now have is a kind of grouping and the distressing part of it is that it is, uh, their French politics is increasingly polarised because if you take the far left represented by Jean-Luc Mélenchon who got 22%, and you take Marine Le Pen and you take that contemptible man, Éric Zemmour, you add the the, the three of those together, the three front runners, they're 53%. Hard left, hard right.
1: Catherine, uh, Emmanuel Macron, five years ago, he very much tore up the rule book. He was seen to be a a new style of political leader along the lines of of contemporaries like Justin Trudeau in in Canada and our own Leo Varadkar, who came to power at at that time. Uh, How do people perceive him now? But in, in terms of his personality and and his personal life, there's always, for some bizarre reason, significant interest. Uh, I suppose in, in 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 French leaders and their 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 personal lives.
0: I've met Emmanuel Macron many times. I've been to some of the very few rallies he's had recently. And it's an awful thing to say, but the one thing is he is immensely tedious. As a person, he is what we used to call in school, he's a SWAT. He would know all the answers that the teachers had. He would have had his homework done in time. He knew which way the graph was inclining when you had to talk about facts and figures. But when it comes to connecting with the voters, he is absolutely a cold fish. He, he'll be great and he is absolutely superb when it comes to sitting around that big table in Brussels when they're talking about budgets. But when it comes to actually meeting the public and talking to them, he's quite tedious. Uh, but what we have seen in the last 24 hours, particularly after he had cast his vote up in the northern French town of La Touquet, up on the coast, and when he came to his, meet his party workers last night, uh, he was actually kissing people and hugging people. We've not seen that before, so we've seen a bit of change there. As for his personal life, yes, that was the big question in the tabloid newspapers, was his wife, who used to be his theatre teacher, and she's so much older than him. Well, in fact, they've turned that around in the last five years. She's been a very popular first lady. She gets more letters, more appeals for her to, to go and open various events than any other first lady has had. And it's been pretty much a view that she's been not just a stabilizing factor for him, but also someone that you know, whispers in his ears and says, "Look, you know, this is what the normal people here are thinking about, because he has had this if you like, this idea that he's Jupiter, that he's above everyone else. And it was seen for a long time that he was so far above everyone else, he just had no idea. And that his wife, Brigitte, was actually the one standing behind him saying, look, this is what's going on. And I think one of the big successes that she's had has been the way that France has turned around its education system for vocational training. And they've brought in this new system, which is not new in Anglo-Saxon, countries, but very new here, which is evening classes for, to help people learn new skills to get onto the job market. And it's widely believed that she was behind pushing that onto the president, getting it on the agenda.
1: John, uh, finally, uh, do we think the next two weeks is, is it going to be a, a bruising debate for the, the, the French public to, to sit through and listen? Or has this uh, election really, you know, failed to capture the imagination?
3: Well, it was a slow election, though, mind you, you look at you look at uh, turnout, 75 percent. I mean, if you compare that, compare that with Britain, compare it even with Ireland in 2020, we had 63 percent in the general election. So that's 12 points up. So it it does seem to, while it was low key and slow, it does seem to have uh, resonated with uh, a, a huge volume of people. I predict what is to come will be vicious we already have uh, hours after the the results being confirmed, uh, the macron side saying, "A vote for Le Pen is a vote for Putin." and the the um, Le Pen side saying, uh, "Vote for the rich man, vote for Europe, uh, v- vote uh, for the elite, and uh, r- return return the status quo." We will see a lot of vicious stuff.
1: And Catherine, would you would you call it now, based on on exit polls, bar any dramatic twists in the tail over the over the next fortnight? What, what do you see the outcome being?
0: I think you've answered my questions. It, it, well, it would be a brave person to predict the election result at this stage, but I think it's Emmanuel Macron's to lose at this stage. If he can keep the momentum, we're going to be seeing him out on the campaign trail, he's going to be in eastern France, I think it's his to lose, but end of the day, you know, as John rightly said, there are a lot of people who turned out to vote for far-right candidates and for far-left candidates.
1: And that was Catherine Field and John Downing. I'm Fianon Sheehan, and today's Indo-Daily was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Gardmel Hall, with sound by John Smith. Clips from France van Katz, BBC and Al Jazeera. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.